Welcome to Hardcore Honeys, where we take our full court NBA hottest takes. And we got featuring Jade and Penny with your moderator, TJ, who will just try to keep control with these two while we go with our takes. Hey there, listeners. Hardcore Honeys here. We've got Penny, we got Jade, and then another uh, a repeat special guest again, Shaka. He's here. Um, how's it going, Shaka? Life's good. I have no complaints, except that I'm a Knicks fan, and I know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, today's topic is the wonderful Knicks franchise and the way that it's ran right now. Um, one thing before uh, we start, though, I want to do a couple of plugs. So we're going to start uh, first with Shaka's podcast. Fill us in with that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is called F in Sports. It's the podcast with two teachers, great sports, biggest issues. Uh, we've been around for about a month now. So um, you can check us out anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on uh, Twitter at F in Sports 2. Or you can follow us on Instagram at F underscore in underscore sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Shaka Cummings at C-H-A-K-A-C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. And then my uh, partner in crime is Parker Ainsworth, and you can follow him at Painsworth512. Beautiful. Okay, got that in there. And also, some other great news for Hardcourt Honeys is we got a car in this thing called iRacing, which, um, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is a racing simulator, um, which one thing that's really cool about it is it's all authentic cars. And then it also has all authentic racetracks. So any of your favorite racetracks that's from all around the world, iRacing has for that. And uh, we have a driver from uh, Belly Up named Brandon Key, where he's got his own podcast, a little plug there, called Chairgating. Funny stuff. I listened to them today just to see who is driving for us. So uh, give a view. Go to iRacing.com with that. And they do have... um, Live racing, I saw. So check that out. Check to see uh, Brandon drive. He is racing this Monday. So tomorrow, from the day we are recording right now, it's going to be on the. Tomorrow's going to be the ninth. So yeah, I'd be racing Monday night. Uh, For so, the record, yeah. though, Brandon is not driving our car. Our car is going to be driven by Nick Massey. Okay, Nick Massey. Okay, there we go. Thank you, uh, Jade, with that one there. Okay, so. Got our plugs in. We want to be able to support all our belly up stuff. But now let's get to the Nick Grit of today's topic, which is the New York Knickerbockers. Yay. All right. Yay. <laughs> so just a little history. Team has only made the playoffs four times, five times since the early 2000s to today. Is that correct there, Shaka? Uh, yes, that sounds right about on point right there. Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. And uh, the wonderful owner, um, James Dolan, has been a key feature for that. Um, we're just going to actually, we're just going to start with Shaka. Um, what's your take with James as a Knicks he, fan? He's the worst owner in sports. And if there was a way that the Knicks could move on from him, it would it would be the best thing for the franchise. It'd be in the franchise's best interest. There are a lot of complicating factors with uh, Jim Dolan. Part of it is that uh, his family controls Cablevision as well as 
uh, Madison Square Garden. So the the one family company has ties to the arena in which the Knicks play, which is why he's had the controlling interest since uh, 1999. He also has controlling interest over the Rangers who share uh, that facility as well. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of the complicating uh, piece with him is that, you know, the Rangers haven't been as bad as the Knicks. So you would figure that, you know, same owner, he'd be bad everywhere. Why can't he just replicate the model that he's using with the hockey team, with the basketball team? But uh, he he's a man who cannot get out of his own way, whether it's fan interaction, whether it's former player interaction, whether it's front office hires. He just can't get out of his own way. And the Knicks and the Knicks fans are the ones who suffer. True, that it's it's going down to the fans or it's affecting yeah the fans with it. Um, Jade, what is what do you think is a way that uh the franchise can move on from Dolan. Is there any way right now, or is it pretty much a dead end with things for that? I I mean, there could be a quote unquote car accident, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it can be done. <laughs> I mean, okay. So here's the thing about the Knicks. They're the most valuable team in North American sports, they're worth $4 billion. And last season, when the Knicks tied their franchise worst record, they grew 11% according to Forbes. So how are you going to get rid of a person who does an absolute shit job and gets 11% raise? <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. If it keeps going like that, yeah. I don't see it happening. Like, you literally can be the worst, like Chaka said, the worst owner in sports and make another 11%. Do you know how much 11% of $4 billion is? A couple hundred yes, million. Yes, because I, I have an MBA, <laughs> so I know. <laughs> he just makes money on money. That's the Knicks. This is the issue. The Knicks. Absolutely ugh. horrible at his job. <laughs> Like, I'll take that job any day. Sign me up. Uh, Penny, do you think that Dolan is actually a fan of the Knicks and basketball? Or is it he's just owning it because he's a billionaire and he wants to own something? No, he's just a fan of money. The green, the moolah. He's not, I don't see him as a fan of any sport. He just wants to make money. That's it. That's his agenda, just to make money. Yeah, we, I mean, um, you've seen the pictures of him courtside, right? We've all yeah. seen the looks pictures. Gross. <laughs> 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 it looks gross. He, he looks perpetually unhappy to be in the facility. Yeah, it's almost as if it's a pain for him to be there. But he's New York socialite, so he has to be there. Right. Uh, and so that's the the whole look. His whole affect says, yeah. "I would rather be anywhere else." Uh, yeah. And I recognize that I have to be here. The only person I can think of that constantly looks more petulant than James Dolan is Pat DeMarcus Riley. Cousins. Oh. <laughs> DeMarcus yeah. Cousins has that that five-year-old I'm pouting face that well, just makes me want to put him in a corner all the time. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Like, he's acting very childish. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that 
uh, he's just holding the team, or he's just, ho- yeah, holding on to the team because he's just rubbing it into fans' face because he knows that they can't do anything with it and he has final say on literally everything. Because a power I don't think program, he's, I honestly don't think he's as outward thinking as all that. I think he's just doing it because it's mine and you can't have it. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's smart enough to put that amount of thought into it honestly, Taylor. Well, he doesn't look smart. So <laughs> he, <does not. laughs> he inherited everything like Oh, little fun fact, side note about the man. Uh I don't know if you guys knew this, but he is in a band. Um I do this. Yeah, uh, I knew this as well. JD yeah, and the Straight Shots. Yep. What? And they actually just released an album in 2018. Um, so here's a, here's another fun fact about him being in the band. <laughs> I know where this is going. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has kicked people out of his shows with his band for arriving late, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I didn't even, I thought that you would go here, Jade. He actually will book acts at MSG based on who will let his band open. Like oh, that's the I did level not of control. That. That's the level of controlling interest that he has with MSG so through his company. Band open, if you won't let my band open for you, you cannot play here. Correct. And oh, it's actually... Gosh. It's actually led to, you know, great opportunities for Brooklyn, Long Island, <laughs> because yeah. there are other venues to play. Wow. That's just dumb. City, there's always another venue. There, I'm reading, uh, I read that there is, uh, from the New York Times had an article about it, and it said, well-known sidemen backing a karaoke-grade singer. Oh, uh, musical t- talents are unlikely to endanger his day job. Um, and he opened for ZZ Top, and a reviewer wrote, Enthusiasm for playing mediocre American rock did little to make their forgettable performance entertaining. And my favorite one sings like he's trying not to cough, and it's possible he can't play the guitar. Worse, <laughs> his songs believe his status as a cosplaying bluesman. Most of his lyrics simply summarize current events or books that he were that he was presented with in tenth grade English projects. So <laughs> oh that God. was probably I'm, I'm... one of the best rips I've ever heard of anyone ever. Yeah, I need the link to that, Taylor, because next time I have a bad day, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> there is six burns. In that one oh description, that one review, six rows right there. Um, another fact that I thought was, and I'm going to ask this for Shaka. So they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve coaches nine, in the past twenty plus years. Past 20 plus. Oh my gosh! Yep, that is that for the hiring, or is that just Knicks themselves? So, in my opinion, that all flows from the top. And if we compare successful franchises, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in football Mm -hmm. and the level of success that they've had. They've had three coaches 
in the existence of their franchise. And they've got and they've got a ton of Super Bowls because of the continuity, because they have a philosophy that the organization operates by. If we were to take this to basketball and look for an equivalent, we could look at the best run franchises, uh, organizations like the Boston Celtics, who very rarely go through lulls. I don't think I think Pittsburgh is an outlier in terms of uh, athletic franchises, but Boston has exhibited a level of consistency throughout their existence that's allowed them to surpass any basketball franchise when it comes to championships. I think there's only three North American franchises that have more championships than the Celtics. Um, one of them being up in Canada, Jade would know the Montreal Canadiens, and then I believe the New York Yankees, and I think that that's it. So the level of success that the Celtics have been able to attain in the same division as the Knicks, it's, it's evident that there's a philosophy that says we operate in this way, and when folks deviate from said philosophy – then it's we we got to figure out what we're going to do. It might be time for an individual to move on. The issue with the Knicks is that there is no prevailing philosophy, except mm-hmm. make James Dolan happy. Like if James Dolan is uh, in his petulant mood, where he will impulsively react, you'll you could be fired as a coach. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with success on the floor. It has nothing to do with you know, uh, fans and whether or not they are happy with that particular coach. It just has to do with his mood swings, essentially. And it's led to instability in the front office in terms of ownership and presidents and GMs, which then trickles down to the instability on the bench in terms of coaching and not just in terms of coaching, instability in terms of a direction with the franchise with player acquisition which is why you end up signing four power forwards in the offseason or you end up you end up uh, getting Steve uh, Steve Francis Steve Francis to play with Stefan Marbury or you acquire Carmelo Anthony and give away all the assets that could have helped him potentially compete in the East by trading for him when you could have just waited a year he would have signed with you um, mm-hmm. it's the reason why LeBron was never coming to New York even though the Knicks have uh, had planned kind of bringing the king to New York, right? So we we can go to all of these situations since 1999, and the reality is the insta- any sort of instability, the one variable that doesn't change is that owner. And so if it has to trickle up. It has to be the the ownership because that's the only consistency in what has been, I mean, for lack of a better term, a train wreck. <laughs> there isn't yeah. a better term. Dumpster fire, maybe. D- dumpster fire. <laughs> I-, I could go with dumpster fire. That actually probably fits New York a little bit better. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, I think a dumpster, that fits more of the um, the scene there. So last winning season, 2012-2013 with Mello. Do you see, um, I'll throw this question, uh, Penny, do you see the Knicks anytime in the near future, say within the next three years, getting to the playoffs? No, big no. Big if Dolan, no. if Dolan is still there, nothing's gonna happen. Regardless, is, regardless if you have superstars on the team, you have the best coaches. Just like Shaka said, nothing's gonna change if Dolan is there. So we've we all agree here. 
for once that Dolan is the end all to that franchise. Yep. Here's the one caveat that I will offer as the Nick fan who has basically lived this existence. I'm like in this perpetual state of hope. Um, if the ping pong balls ever fell right okay. and the Knicks were able to get a guy who was so transcendent that he could potentially, you know, lead a franchise to success within his first few years of being in the league, that would be the one caveat that would allow the Knicks to have some semblance mm-hmm. of success. And I'm not saying championship level. I, 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 it would just be, could they make the playoffs then? Could they, especially, you know, if we look at what the Eastern Conference is, even now, the couple of rookies that have come in, John Zion are in the West. So if you look at what the Eastern Conference is over the next few years, if that transcendent talent were to come to the Knicks because the ping pong balls fell right, then maybe they could make a playoff <laughs> run. But I don't see any sort of championship success. I, I, I would think that the best case scenario there would be maybe – you win a round in the playoffs, and then whoever that dude happens to be, you know, when his contract's up, he's going to bounce. Just like, you know, well, or force a move out like Porzingis. I still think that's a big ask because even when you say that transcendent player, how many how many years did it take LeBron? Is, is, like, is that enough years before Dolan screws it up and they have to trade a guy? And that's I mean, and I think that LeBron actually is a the perfect example. Essentially, what the Knicks could hope for is what LeBron did in his first Cleveland run. That's the because LeBron was so transcendent that he was basically able to carry eleven other guys into the postseason every year and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. He even got to a final. Um, a guy like Tim Duncan who came in and won his rookie year. Now he had a lot of help and the Knicks don't have that, but it would have to be someone that level of transcendent, which is why Mm -hmm. I was so hopeful that, you know, Zion could be that guy. I think that in New York, obviously any, anyone who has any sort of media draw, if you go to New York, you're going to do really well there. And then as a player, he is transcendent. Like guys are better for playing with him. It's one of the issues that RJ Barrett has. I've never felt that guys were better for playing with him. Even when I watched him uh, in high school, and Jade, he's from Canada, so you may have seen some of his high school games as well, but even watching him when he was young, it always felt like it had to be about him. When Zion, when he played with Zion at Duke, when you saw Zion, Zion made Cam better, Zion made RJ better, and then when Zion missed those games with the busted shoe, all of a sudden, Duke couldn't play. Uh, and they were, they, I think they lost a couple of games to some teams they shouldn't lose to because those guys just don't make folks better. And that's the issue that they have with RJ. And that's incidentally the issue with this coming draft. There's no one in this draft with maybe the exception of uh, of LaMelo Ball, Lonzo's little brother, who you put him in and all of a sudden people just get better because of the way that he plays. Uh, that might be coming down the road with a few guys who, are coming, who could come out of high school, but that's for another pod. Hmm. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other episode with that one. Um also, so besides having issues with the franchise, fans always chanting sell the team and he's always banning people from this because of this. Uh, Jade, when will the fans get to him, if ever? They're never going to get to him. Never- I mean, okay, so I'm no psychologist, but if I was, clearly James Dolan is a full-blown narcissist. Oh, really? Right. And <laughs> oh, I know a little bit about geez. this because my 
my ex's mother had this problem. So I've done a lot of research on it. And the thing about people like that is to ask when will somebody get to them? It doesn't happen because the world revolves around them. The fans are there for him. And it was funny when I was researching the series I wrote on the Knicks in the summertime, I I started reading and pulling different articles. And as we know, there's a lot to find if you Google James Dolan. None of it good. <laughs> yeah, it took uh, me a while to figure out exactly everything that I could. I had to really weed out what we could or couldn't talk about. So I, I've been through a few articles and I'm starting to get a picture in my head. And I wrote a paragraph that said, this guy seems to have no understanding of the fact that he does owe something to the fans. And then I did a little more research and I found an interview where he came right out and said it. That somebody asked him, don't you think the fans deserve better? And his answer is, no, I own the Knicks. But the Knicks are a public trust. Don't you think the fact that the fans come and buy the tickets and make you rich means you owe them something? No, me and me and the board own the Knicks. So like he has no concept or awareness of the idea that the world does not revolve around him. Donald so Trump. no, fans are not the fans are not going to get to him in a way that are going to make him leave. If anything, the more they get on him the tighter he's going to hold on. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, fan issues. Talk about biggest fan, Spike Lee. Just happened a couple weeks ago. Had issues. <laughs> a couple of days that, ago. It was a couple of days ago. I thought it was about, okay, was a couple days weekend, ago. I think. Yeah. Yeah, last I think weekend? it was last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend. Okay. So wants to use his usual door. Security says, no, nah, thanks. You can't do that. Spike Lee gets in a huffy fit, and uh, yeah, it kind of builds from there. Uh, Penny, do you think Spike Lee has a right to be upset? Most definitely. Well, we said it here. Uh, we said it in the in our channel, uh, Belly Up Slack channel, that you know he's been doing that for twenty eight years. The same thing, same entrance, and when nobody tells them ahead of time, oh, you can't go in there anymore. Of course, you're going to get upset like a regular person would. So he definitely has the right to be upset. But I think Dolan should have handled it better. But we know Dolan will not. So that's why it escalated <laughs> to a bigger issue. <laughs> what do you have to say about this, Shaka? Considering uh, uh, Spike Lee is pretty much what Nick's fandom is. So... so so can I paint a scenario for you guys? Here's a paint reasonable it. scenario. Go any bingo. any one of you, any one of your season ticket holders, you're used to coming in through a particular entrance. Uh, I want to control security, so I decide that I want to begin limiting some of those entrances. So I communicate with you guys and I say, hey, we're gonna limit this particular entrance in terms of who can come in, but we want you to use this entrance instead, uh, and we're gonna phase that in throughout the rest of the season. And if you guys use that entrance, you know, maybe I come over, I give you a reminder, maybe I give you a call, maybe I send you an email, just a reminder to say, hey, just remember that this was what the plan was. Everything that I said there is reasonable. And that could have just been the situation, right? That would have been right. simple enough. It doesn't have to be in the media. There's no security getting involved. The issue, I mean, 
I the the details around Spike Lee and how that was handled, just that is typical James Dolan. And so yep. when you go to the literally the face of the fans of your franchise and you treat him this way, you, you are it's a middle finger to the fans. Anyone can be treated that way if you're willing to treat Spike that way, which should mm-hmm. be no surprise because anyone can be treated that way if you're willing to treat Charles Oakley that way. If you're just willing about to, to mention that not, one. If you're not willing to hire Patrick Ewing as an assistant coach or bring Mark Jackson in as a head coach or this guys, there is so much that points right back at Dolan and just shows how he feels about fans, former players, former coaches. He doesn't care about anybody except for himself, as uh, Penny eloquently stated. He, he is he is all about him. Right. And uh, Jay talked about narcissism. Perfect term. It's all about him. Um, and so I, there's zero surprise that he treated Spike Lee that way. The only piece to me that I look back on and I'm like, man, it's the fact that it's been it's this public. It's now a national story. So now mm-hmm. the Knicks are once again in the news for things like this. Good luck attracting a free agent. Did you guys see Chris Paul's <laughs> shoes? Good luck even trading for a guy. Who wants to come to the Knicks now? Um, he he just doesn't get it. Uh, he doesn't get that all of these pieces. Again, it comes back to him. The franchise is never going to be any better. I I go into this on my podcast. He could actually, if he was just not as petulant, he could get guys in. The franchise could potentially win. The actual mm-hmm. revenue would increase. There's no other franchise in sport that increase in terms of value just based on the assumption that a free agent was going to come there. The right. only time it's ever happened in the history of sport is with the Knicks when LeBron James made his decision. The Cablevision stock went through the roof the day <laughs> people thought he, LeBron was going to go to the Knicks. That's the type of value that this franchise could have if you bring in the right kind of free agent or if the ping pong balls fell in a certain way. It'll never happen for the Knicks because that dude is in charge and we see how he treats everyone. And that was my kind of biggest takeaway from the whole Spike Lee thing was that um, so when the the conversation Penny mentioned that we had on our company Slack channel, one of our writers was like, oh, Spike Lee's being a baby, blah, 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 this and that. So my take on it was even hypothetically, if you believe that Spike Lee was 100 percent wrong and should have just left and come in the other door, the Knicks are the organization who make their money dealing with people. Spike Lee is an artist, director, actor, etc. It's not his job to be good with people. It is the job of a basketball team, a hockey team, a football team, a retail store. You're dealing with the public. It is your job to handle it better. It was the Knicks' responsibility to handle it properly. And it's always going to look worse on the organization than it's going to look on the individual. And then to be the Knicks on top of it. Like, that organization has no concept of optics, right? Because it wouldn't even have mattered if Spike Lee had literally done something wrong. The Knicks already looked so bad that it was already going to be the Knicks' fault. And then to release the press release they released after <laughs> on top of the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> like, you think it would get to a point where you wouldn't be surprised? But 
then they release something like that. And I say to myself, like, whoever works, who has ever has the actual PR title in the Knicks must want to just bang their head against the wall or <laughs> it's one of James Dolan's friends. Like, I feel like those are the only options. Second option. <laughs> very likely the second option. Very Don, likely. Yeah, Dolan was right next to that person. He's yeah, got a burner account. I thought that in some of the press releases I read when I was researching my articles, I was like, James Dolan had to have written this himself. Because I also read the email that he wrote to that fan a few years back. So I know Chalk probably knows about this. But so he wrote to a fan a few years ago. The fan had emailed him and said, I've been a longtime fan. You've done this, 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 and this to the team sell it it wasn't a nice letter but it wasn't belligerent or insulting um and so james dolan replied to it and said some pretty horrible things like must be an alcoholic and you give nothing to the lives of anybody you know yeah it was it was pretty bad but i read the tone knowing that he wrote that email himself when i hear those press releases i read those press releases i'm like he wrote that. He wrote that himself. He had to have written it himself. Or he had direct, for sure, had direct input in what went into it. Oh, 100%. 100% with that one. Um, but speaking about that, uh, going back a little bit with Chuck, I said, uh, going with Charles Oakley. How can you attack one of the franchise's most beloved players of all time? Like... What is, and Chaka, uh, refresh my memory. If Was it, he was escorted out and it just so happened James Dolan was in front of him. So there was a theory that uh, that Dolan had Oakley escorted out. Is that correct? So there's conflicting accounts. If you ask Charles Oakley, you'll get one. If you ask James Dolan, you'll get another. Uh, uh-huh. Oakley's account is, you know, I, I was coming into the arena. I was going to go sit down. I was accosted by security, uh, and this was based on the fact that I had been critical of James Dolan in the media. James Dolan will say that uh, Oakley came up to him, was belligerent, threatening, and so he got security involved because he was actually, uh, he felt physically threatened, and so he had Oakley removed from the arena. Now, here's the thing, right? Both of those guys kind of come with their own separate baggage. If you look at the way that Charles Oakley yeah. played, is uh-huh. it entirely possible that he was belligerent toward Dolan? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Charles <laughs> Oakley has ever met a challenge that he didn't think he could go through. Right. But if you look at James Dolan, does anyone believe anything that comes out of his mouth? Like, I mean, you, you know that there's going to be some sort of a slant toward him because life is about him, right? So it must be that Oakley was coming after him and he felt threatened. And so he had to then go get security <laughs> involved, right? He's actually a hero. He basically saved a fight in the stands. You know, he saved all the fans who sit around him. Like, if you let Jake <laughs> Dolan tell it, that's what it, that's the story. So I don't know exactly I'm where sure though, I'm pretty sure James Dolan would feel threatened by Justin Bieber. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, hey, because that people are, are harmonic voice. <laughs> it would threaten. Like, he'd feel threatened because he'd be like, "Oh gosh, he's he can sing. My band won't have any chance against him. I'm banning <laughs> him from Madison Square Garden." I wonder how many bands he wants to that he could ban 
because they don't like his band. <laughs> Probably thousands. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you guys also, Penny and Jade, you guys also know this. Uh, he is also the um, owner of the Liberty. Um, Jade, do you think that's a little bit of ironic considering that Dolan also has a history of sexual assault charges? I thought he sold the Liberty a year yeah, or so Oh, he ago. did? Okay. He did, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't remember that. But there is something there because when he did own the Liberty, he <laughs> made Isaiah Thomas president of the Liberty post-lost sexual harassment lawsuit. So again, no concept of optics to say, you know what, maybe we don't put the guy who we lost a sexual harassment lawsuit in charge of the women's basketball team. Right? It right? seems simple. <laughs> or how about this? How about we don't even go to the sexual harassment piece? How about we just don't put the guy who caused the Continental Basketball Association to go bankrupt, has never had any success at any sort of front office capacity ever in charge of another team. He, he was horrible with the Knicks. He, oh man, it was so, I remember was, going through that He was horrible with the Pacers like, first. Oh, he's never been good. And Dolan, Dolan has a history of that though. He keeps going back to things that haven't worked, buying championships. He's been trying to buy a championship for 20 years. It's not going to work. Going back to executives that they've already tried. Bringing in players that he didn't draft when he had the chance when they're old and broken. And saying, well, let's try them now. <laughs> right. So, but one of the things, I, why does he go back to Isaiah Thomas? Just like, is there... Because he likes him. That's it. <laughs> are they are they friends? Because I find that hard to believe that him and or I, Isaiah Thomas and Dolan would be friends. Okay, Taylor, we're talking about a guy who on the stand said, I'm black. It's okay for me to call a woman a bitch. Oh, I didn't know Does that. Does it still seem odd to you that they might be friends? <laughs> no, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> That's just, oh, that makes me feel so uncomfortable now. I didn't know that Zion Thomas was this bad. Like, I He's knew he had a million-dollar smile, but then was a jerk because he led, like, the bad boys, but... He wasn't the leader of the bad boys. Bad boys. Oh, yes, he was. He was. he was calling the shots, and everyone else was doing things. Who, Isaiah Thomas? Yes! Dude, he was calling the shots. They even said that in the documentary about the bad boys. No, Bill Lambeer was the instigator. Isaiah yes. was the face, but Bill Lambeer was the brains. No, Bill Lambeer was the muscle <laughs> man. Isaiah Thomas was like, go mess with him. And then Lambeer no. was like, okay. Oh, man. Was it, wasn't it Isaiah true. that uh, orchestrated the walk-off? No, Bill Lambeer. Okay, yes. you guys have to watch the 30 for 30 on the bad boys. Bill Lambeer fully says... With a smug, shit-eating grin on his face, yeah, that was me. <laughs> it's because well, he's protect. I don't believe that's... anything that that man Why says. Why does he need to protect him twenty years after they retire? Because it's a brotherhood. No, that's man. Bill Ambier was a shit disturber. All you have to do is see him talk. Oh no, I'm not saying like he's, but like no, Isaiah Thomas was like, "Hey, go mess with that guy." 
because then nothing would be on Isaiah's hands. His hands are clean. He'll let Bill Lambeer is more than happy to be like, oh, do you need me to punch someone or to get in their head? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm not saying that he didn't sometimes control it, but Isaiah Thomas was the leader of that team. You're I, telling me I, that I that know. man we'll had nothing to, to do with any that. of that? Are you telling me that right now, Jade? I'm saying that... No, 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 no. Answer the question. <laughs> okay. You're saying I'm, the best player on I'm that team has nothing Canadian to do with now, it. And, and the Jamaican girl's about to come out, so... Let the woman like, talk. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas at the time was a kid. Bill Ambeer's quite a few years older than him. My... What I would say is that Isaiah Thomas came up under Bill Lambeer's wing. He learned to do that stuff because of playing on the team with Bill, not the other way around. Well, yes, but towards later on, once Isaiah was that leader, he's the one, yes, Bill Lambeer taught him all that stuff. Well, now, since he's the leader, he's telling Bill Lambeer. It's Frankenstein and Frankenstein. I don't think monster. Bill Lambeer is... I don't think Bill Lambeer is that easy to tell what to do. Well, when you're when you have you the leader forget, of I the team, I grew up on Pistons basketball. He's the leader of the team. You don't go against that. Co-leaders, then <laughs> I I can't put it on one of them over the other, knowing what I know. Is it well, possible? what you know? What you know is pay attention to your Raptors because you've really slipped with Detroit. I guess. May I, may, oh, I inter- okay. may I interject? You may know I interject? what? Edit this, right? I'm, ed- I'm editing this episode. Oh boy! <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. I'm no longer editing, so you're you're screwed. See, Jade's mad because I finally made a point, and she doesn't know how to react. No, what it is is that I, I don't need you to with agree with me to know that I'm right. No. I don't need I don't need you to agree with me. You've been dancing around like it's the electric slide over here while I've been laying down the beat. Oh, boy. What am, um, Shanka, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would love to interject a point, which yes, is just that, that <laughs> before we, because uh, I, I think that I could definitely get behind this idea of co-leadership. I am not willing to say that the dude who grew up in Southside Chicago that came up playing basketball under a dude like Bob Knight is an angel. And if you go ask Michael Jordan, who orchestrated the bad boys and the walk-off, Michael Jordan clearly believes that that was not a Bill Lambeer orchestrated issue. Yeah, he believes that it was Michael Isaiah. Jordan hated Isaiah Thomas and vice versa. That's, that's biased well, either way, if you yeah, ask that. Michael Jordan hated the Pistons. Yeah, he didn't just hate. He didn't just hate Isaiah. But Michael they Jordan had personal animosity with those two. I get that, but he has that same animosity toward Bill Lambeer. He has the same animosity toward uh, Mark Aguirre. He does not have that animosity toward Joe Dumars. So he doesn't have it toward everyone. Can't have I, it toward. So it's, just, it's just something to interject. And and you asked the question earlier, Taylor. Why would or maybe Jade asked it. Why 20 years later would Bill Lambeer kind of take credit for something that just keep in mind that Isaiah Thomas has been a front office guy in the NBA and Bill Lambeer has been trying to get 
into the NBA as a coach, has not been able to do that, went the WNBA path. Mm-hmm. He's been very successful there. Yep. It is entirely possible that Bill Lambeer is still having that sense of loyalty because maybe he thought Isaiah could possibly get him on the male side in the NBA versus staying in the WNBA. I don't know that. This is all me. You know, I'm just I'm just over here listening to you guys. And let me just tell you, I'm this pod is going to get a lot of hits based on the argument that you guys have. I'm just throwing some stuff in there. This is uh, fully he's... our first one we're going to have to label for explicit content too, because oh, I don't man. think I don't think we've gone there before. But yeah, the... God, you got the moderator angry. Gosh, Jake, come on, I'm supposed to be controlling. Hey, Jesus. it's your job to keep it together, Taylor. But Taylor, the Pistons so naive. The Pistons hate the Bulls too, especially Michael Jordan. But... So, so it's vice versa. They both hate, hate each other. You know what every team hates, though? The Knicks! <laughs> Look at that. We brought it all the way back around to the Knicks. Oh, boy. <laughs> I start the segues. What can I do? What can I say? <laughs> that was solid work, Taylor. Solid work. Yeah. So, I mean, we've gone over... Pretty much just about James Dolan. Is James Dolan, everyone says Spike Lee is the face of the Knicks. Actually, is James Dolan now the face? Because it's just a curmudgeon face, not happy, me, me, me. I always think I'm going to get it. Is is he actually what the Knicks are currently as a franchise? Jade? I mean, you kind of have to say yes, right? Mm-hmm. If you pick other teams and, and say, what are they as like as a franchise? Maybe in San Antonio, you say Pop. In, in Dallas, you say Mark Cuban. In Toronto, you say Messiah Jerry. Like, there's always a top public person, whether it's a coach, whether it's a front office exec. There's always a first person outside of the players that you associate with a team. And that... I think would be universally agreed that that's James Dolan for the Knicks. Yeah. That's that seems about right with it. Cause whenever I see the Knicks, I just think of such a sad, sad situation. I don't want to say a sad franchise cause it's not their fault. It's Dolan nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were great. Shaka. I'm sure the nineties Knicks for you was amazing. Absolutely. I love John Starks. I love Patrick Ewing. I love Charles Oakley, Doc Rivers, Derek Harper. Nobody ever wants to talk about those Knicks. <laughs> I do. They play my heat all the time, and I love, I love the 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 matchup they always had, the Knicks yeah, and the Heat. Those were two of the most physical teams when Pat Riley left New York and went to Miami. I mean, that yep. was that was fun. I loved hating the Heat. I, but yeah, I, those I, were. I, I mean, I loved Alonzo Mourning, Glenn Rice. I mean, they had good players, man. Yep. You hated the team because it was a team that could be – it would be competitive with your team. Your well, they Knicks not, were really good. Not just would be competitive. They beat us in a playoff series. I mean, yep. there's some controversy around the playoff series with suspensions and whatnot, but the Heat – I mean, it, that's the thing, right? Like, Indiana wasn't a rival until they beat us. The Miami yep. Heat, they weren't a rival until they beat us. And I never felt like we were really a rival of the Bulls because we never beat them. Like, um, <laughs> I, I always wanted – to go against them. And I always felt like we had a shot, but uh, we, we just couldn't break through. So, I mean, that's where the respect comes in, right? And the rivalry is at first it's 
you're the hammer, I'm the nail, or vice versa. And then with it to rivalry is when you're not sure exactly what's going to happen. And then that's when the respect comes in. I mean, going back to the Detroit-Chicago piece, Chicago wasn't a rival of Detroit until Chicago beat them. And then that became a rivalry. Yep. That's, yeah. Uh, I got to ask one other thing about Shaka. What is more, what has been the toughest to deal with? James Dolan controlling the franchise or that missed finger roll that Patrick Ewing had in the 90s playoffs. Oh, man. So here's the thing, guys. The miss... The missed finger roll isn't even what I go back to as the most disappointing season. If That would be third on my list. Uh, the, the, the most disappointing was uh, Charles Smith not dunking a basketball in game five at home against the Bulls. The Bulls go on to win the championship in, um, I believe it was 92. It could have been 93. That's the most disappointing moment because that Knicks team was going to win a championship if they would have broken through the bowls. And that was the year where it felt like you, if you looked at kind of the progression, right, it was, um, was, it was, you know, the, the, the uh, Celtics to the Lakers, to the Pistons, to the bowls. And then who was going to be the next team? Well, it felt like the next team was going to be the Knicks. And we just, Charles Smith couldn't dunk a basketball. So that's, he was six ten. Yeah. I don't even wow. get me started. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's number one. Number two, in terms of the most disappointing, um, uh, moment isn't the finger roll necessarily. It's John Starks not hitting threes in game seven against Houston in 94 because uh-huh. if he, he goes, it's like three for 17 or something like that. I, I used to know that by heart, but now I've forgotten it. He shoots three for 17 in the game. I mean, he didn't have to, he didn't have to even shoot 50% in that game. He just needed to not suck or Pat Riley needed to sub him out. And so that moment is more disappointing than even that finger roll. That being said, if you would ask me what's most disappointing, it's still James Dolan because those <laughs> moments were competitive Knicks teams. We we had opportunities to win. That uh, was great. Yeah, that was we were a great franchise. We have not been a great franchise since the last year that Dolan wasn't the owner, right? 98, 99 is the season mm-hmm. that the Knicks, it's a strike-shortened season, so wow. it's yeah. going to happen. The Knicks get to the finals that year as an eight seed. That was an impressive year. Went through Miami, right? Went through Miami yep. in the first round, then beat Atlanta, then beat Indiana, and then ran into Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Sean Elliott and just a very good San Antonio team. Uh, so 98-99, things were great. And then 99 season, um, Jade and the Raptors, <laughs> as if Jade played for them, Jade and the Raptors <laughs> take the Knicks out the first round of playoffs. They have the suit up to Vince Carter. Uh, Oakley then gets traded to the Raptors. I mean, it's a, the whole franchise. Yeah, just yeah. That James Dolan makes me go eh all the time. <laughs> I gotta give you credit though, Chaka. Coming from also another fan of a team that's going through a rough patch. Only difference is my team has always been in a rough patch. I respect and appreciate the continuous support to a team going through a really rough time. So I will. I'll give a nod to that and show respect for that, though. We rip, but at the same time, I show respect for it. I wish that James Dolan showed the same respect for fans that you show, Taylor. It's, it, I mean, considering from a team that's so bad, I can only respect play, uh, people that are still diehard fans, true and true. Doesn't matter if they're great, bad, anyone that's still supporting the team, I'm still, I respect. 
and you obviously show that. So that's great. Glad that we could get that all discussed and set out with. So now we're going to start off. We're going to end off like how we always do with the fast break. Let's go. Okay. Point. So, so we're going to start off. We'll go. We'll start with Shaka. Favorite Knicks player? My favorite Knicks player ever was probably Charles Oakley. Um, Anthony Mason was also one of my favorites. I loved Patrick Ewing as well, but it feels like to say Patrick Ewing, he's one of the top 50 players of all time. That's a cop out. So if you wanted to go to maybe a little less obscure, it probably would be Oakley or Mason. Okay. Uh, Penny, who's your favorite of Knicks that you know? Who's your favorite Knicks? Uh, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And Jade, who's your fa- favorite Jer- Knicks? Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Oh, y'all love <laughs> Lin That was something that people were really mad about too in New York is when they didn't sign with Lin Sanity and he went then to uh, Houston. So you just another thing that's mad to Matt. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Next question. Spike's, uh, Spike Lee, is he a season ticket holder next year? Jade. Oh, that's hard because I don't know if you saw his thing on first take. But the thing that I took away from that most is like now I understand why he's still such a fan. The Knicks are tied up in happy childhood memories with his dad. So... It's one of those things you have to think about. Is he going to let James Dolan ruin that for him? Mm. Right? Because it's bigger than his, his Knicks fandom is bigger than basketball. Yes. So I hope he still is for that reason, but it would not surprise me if he took a season off. Okay. Um, Penny, yes or no? Season tickets. Yes, he said it. He said he's going to come back next season. You think he's going to? Yeah, he said it. He said other things since then. Yeah, he said it on first take that he's going to take off this season, but he's coming back next season. Yeah, but he said other things since he did that spot on first take. Oh, but I don't think I don't think he's going to let Dolan just do that to him. He's I think he's coming back for sure. He's coming back. Okay, and Shaka. Yes, no season tickets. He can come back without being a season ticket holder. So I could totally see him saying, hey, listen, this is how I can control what I can control and not be a season ticket holder. But he's wealthy enough that he could still go ahead and get tickets. So he'll be in the garden next year. I think he's not going to be a season ticket holder. And I think that that's going to be the stand he takes. Mm. He's going to get those bundle package. Ten games. Pick your team. His assistant will take care of that. That won't be a problem for him. <laughs> all right and last question for fast break now that we all know that he has a band penny <laughs> are you going to listen to his album no <laughs> not even just to listen just to hear what it's all about no <laughs> <laughs> who's the worst singer out there let me see i'd rather listen to what he's I... stuff like 10th grader Jade, <laughs> are you going to listen to it? I'm going to go with hell no. Hell no? With with an extra couple L's with it? Damn straight. With the... 
I'd rather listen to Nicki Minaj, and I'm yeah. not a fan Ooh. of hers. Throwing oh. out that Minaj card. Yeah, I'm, I don't like her that much, but I'd rather listen to her. I would rather listen to a bag of cats. Bag of cats? Well, that's Wow, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds adorable. All right, and Shaka, are you going to give it some uh, listens on Spotify or not? Nah? Listen, I'm a fan of the Knicks. I've already heard JD and the Straight Shots. They're you awful. Have They're <laughs> awful. I've seen them live. I've not seen them live. He won't ah, get my money that it. way. He won't get my money that way. But he, he's got enough of my money. He's not getting it that way. But they're they're not good, guys. They are they're not. They're not good. <laughs> they're so bad. I was working at my record store today and we plugged in our phones and like when I was doing looking up it and we listened to it and I was like, oh, this just sounds like a whole bunch of gross topped with anger and frustration. It was rough. That sounds about right. That was it was a rough listen for the three minutes we gave a listen for it. But I appreciate your dedication to the research, Taylor. Yeah, wow. We had, we had to give it a chuckle. Me and my coworker Spencer, shout out to him. Um, <laughs> shout out, Spence. I know you won't hear this, but you're great to work with. Um, okay, so got that Knicks covered. Detroit already had that plan. Isaiah was behind everything. Got the fast break questions in. <laughs> that conspiracy theory is found. I don't care. We can have this discussion off air. Jade. Whatever. Um, hey, I'm not wasting any more time with you. The Raptors are playing in like 15 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, we should probably get this going then. I think we've got, we said all we, we need to say today. We don't need to put Chaka through anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's not fair. We like coming back. We want him to come back again. He's always fun to have here. So here's the thing. I'm coming back if you guys will have me, but I definitely am subscribing and listening 50 million times to the pod where we talk the conspiracy between the Bulls and the Pistons because that has to be an episode now. And so I just want to. I just want that. You're gonna make us do a whole episode. You guys don't even have to. You guys don't even have to just get in Slack and just do that for me. It doesn't have to be for everybody. This is for Shaka. I have Jim Dolan in this situation. This is just about me. I need this. I need this. <laughs> then we're going to have Mike on our butts about why we're not doing it in the forum. Yeah, right? <laughs> why aren't you guys brainstorming this? Shout out to Mike. I know he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> this should be, that should be the promo, um, Jane, for the podcast. <laughs> A snippet of your conversation with Tanner. <laughs> well, your arguments. That would be oh, uh, that would. I know I got some family listening. They don't. They always like the sound bites from it all. So, <laughs> so we're gonna let Jade. We're gonna, gonna let her watch her Raptors. I guess they're gonna win. Who knows? Who are you guys playing tonight? Uh the Kings. King. Okay. Oh, so yeah, you're gonna win. Yeah. There's a W yeah. there for you guys tonight. One <laughs> step closer to those playoffs. Um, all right. So, wrap night. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the social media, site, social media sites. We're on Spotify, iTunes, any of the streaming sites you can think of. Find us up on Belly Up. Also, follow up Belly Up. They got an Instagram now, too. Follow that. Follow their Twitter. They always got funny stuff coming out from that and sports-related stuff, as always. Um, also, another reminder, iRacing, 
It's going to be great. Hardcourt Honeys is a part of it now. Um, and so, Jade, Penny, Chaka, TJ, signing out for the week. Peace. Bye, guys.